Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Go with me to the book of Exodus. Chapter 3. start reading at verse 1. I want to thank everybody for being with us today in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is a privilege to be in his house today. Amen. It's uh, to everyone watching by way of the live stream. We're thankful that you're with us also. Pray that something is said or done that blesses your heart encourages your spirit and edifies the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. Exodus 1. Or 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, And said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto the good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and every other kind of ites. <laughs> it's a lot of ites. Now therefore, behold, 
the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou or that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Wow. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to read 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject for just a few minutes. Not just another day on the backside of the desert. Amen. Not just another day on the backside of the desert. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and lift your hands to the Lord. Just thank Him for the opportunity to be here. Why don't we do that right now? Give Him some praise. Thank Him for life. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for your hand working in my life. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for your spirit that I feel. I'm thankful for your word that you're going to speak, God. Lord, I pray that you would move in this house, Lord. I pray that your anointing would flow unrestricted and unrestrained. I pray that there be a prophetic utterance in this house, Lord. I pray that your call, Lord, would issue forth, Lord, from your throne. That you will begin to draw your people unto yourself. God, I will give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Not just another day on the backside of the desert. To understand the call of Moses, um, you have to understand a little bit of the background and where Moses uh, came from and what had happened to him uh, in previous years. Uh, Moses was born in the time when the Pharaoh of Egypt was killing the Jewish babies. He was killing the, uh, the, the Jewish sons. Um, there was a, a, a great cry that, that went out from Egypt in these days because that all the, 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 the firstborn sons and the sons, anybody uh, a certain age was being destroyed. Uh, for fear that a deliverer would rise up and deliver the people of Israel. Somebody say amen. But how many know that when God has purpose that man can't stomp it out? Come on. How many know that when God has purpose that the enemy of our soul can't stomp it out? 
Somebody say amen. He was trying to stop something from happening that was going to happen. Amen. It was prophesied. It was already prophesied in the books. It was already written down. It was, uh, it, it was already spoken of. Amen. How many know that, that, that Moses' mother operated in faith and hid the child? Hid him in the house. And she hid him as long as she could hide him. And there come a day when she couldn't hide Moses anymore. Amen. That uh, there come a day that she couldn't uh, she couldn't keep it back. He was getting too big and too loud and uh, wanting to explore, wanting to break outside of the house and and be a boy. Amen. If you've ever raised boys, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. My mom used to tell us that we'd tear up a brass monkey. No idea what that means. I guess we were destructive. Amen. Loud. We were boys. Amen. Zach, you got some boys there. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. They're wild. They want to break out. They want to go play. They want to, they, they want to get out in the woods. They want to explore. She could only keep him down for so long and she had to make a decision. Amen. And so she came up with a plan and she made a little boat for him and she pitched it with pitch on the inside and on the outside. And she, she put him in the river and sent him down to where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing in the river. Uh, and how many know that she, this was premeditated. This was not just something that was done. And she coped, she scoped it out and she prayed over him and she did everything that she could do to protect that child. But how many know that the hand of God was upon that child? I believe that mothers should be protecting their children. Amen. I believe that mothers can learn something from this story and understand that it, it is our responsibility to a certain point to protect our children. Uh, it matters what we do in our homes. It matters what we allow them to see. It matters what we allow them to hear. And there is no love like the love of a mother that will put their babies in a tent or, or in a boat that is pitched inside and outside. So nothing on the outside can get on the inside and destroy that child. Come on, am I preaching to anybody this morning? We need to protect our children in this last day. Somebody say amen. How many know there's a, there's a world out there that wants to destroy them? Amen. The king or the, the spirit of this age wants to destroy our children. It's our responsibility to create a safe place for them. Come on, a safe place where they can be protected, a place where they can be kept. Amen. A place where they can be in the hand of God. Somebody say amen. She made him a place and she sent it down the river and right at the time that Pharaoh's daughter was, was bathing. And she's, she's doing her deal and all of a sudden here comes this little boat that comes floating on the river. Whoa, what is that in the water? Amen. Her servant's there, and she's like, hey, grab a hold of that. Uh, I don't know what the rivers are like over there. Uh, but any river that I can't see the bottom in, I'm, I'm scared of. Let me know what I'm talking about. I've watched too many uh, swamp creature shows. Amen. To see what's lurking in the water. Amen. In this water, I don't know. I wouldn't have been going out. I'd have been sending my servant too. Hey, Luke, go check out and see what that is. <laughs> Amen. Just kidding. 
They drag the boat out. When they open it up, there's a baby in there. It's crying. And she's like, oh, it's a baby. <laughs> Women are taken by babies. Oh, it's a baby. They take the baby out and, and begin to hold it. It's a Jewish baby. And, and, and they're coddling the baby. And, uh, and the baby's hungry. And so they're like, go find a nurse for this baby. And, and so the, the, the servant runs to find the nurse for the baby. And the mother of the child makes herself available as the first person that the servant sees and says, oh, you need a, you need a nurse for the baby. I'll be a nurse for the baby. And so Moses' mother became the nurse for her own baby in Pharaoh's house. And not only that, but she got paid to do it, right? Amen. That's a, uh, that's a blessing of the Lord. Come on, somebody. So the baby that she was worried about being killed, the hand of the Lord was upon it. She had covered him in prayer. She had sent him down the river. And Pharaoh's uh, daughter came, got the baby, sent, and, and, and Moses' mother became the nurse for her own baby in Pharaoh's house. That is a miracle. Amen. And she got to watch her baby grow into a man and get the best education and the best upbringing. Amen. But at the same time, in those quiet moments, as she's nursing that that child. Amen. She began to tell him of his heritage and tell him of his lineage and tell him about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and pour into him the good word of God. Amen. I want to tell you today that if we put it into them when they're little, they will, that it will not return void. If we raise them up the way that they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. That is a word from God. Hold on to the promise of the Lord. Man, it's hard to preach in here this morning. Somebody lift your hands to the Lord right now and just begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of oppression and depression. I bind every spirit of distraction. I bind every spirit of confusion, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that there be an openness, a receptivity, Lord. God, from your spirit and from your word, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Moses was brought up in the house of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He was, uh, he was educated in the sciences and he was, he was educated in all of the education of Egypt and uh, under Pharaoh being a son of Pharaoh. Uh, he was adopted by their family and became one of the sons of the king of Egypt. He was, uh, he was brought up with the, with the next in line Pharaoh. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He was, he, he was, he, he drove the best chariots and he rode the best horses and he ate the best food. Amen. He, he was, he was sleeping in the best beds. Come on. He, he was in the comfort of the, uh, of, of the, of the castle or the, 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 the Pharaoh's home. He was in, in the comfort and the protection of Pharaoh. Amen. Uh, he had no doubt he was, he was living in the best conditions, but every day when he stepped outside of that place of comfort, he saw his people. Amen. <laughs> 
every, te- every day that he stepped outside of, uh, of the gate of the castle uh, with the, the guards watching over him as a son of Pharaoh. He stepped out into the street uh, and into the workplace and the marketplace uh, and he saw the Hebrew people being oppressed uh, and the Hebrew people being beaten uh, and uh, downtrodden uh, and treated like slaves. Come on somebody where he was living in comfort uh, on the inside, uh, on the outside. He was confronted with the decision. Amen. And whether he, he liked the life that he was living. Amen. He enjoyed the comfort of Pharaoh's house. He enjoyed the comfort uh, uh, and the education and everything that his upbringing was giving him. But every day when he stepped outside, he felt the burden of the Lord settle upon him. Because the people, he was a Hebrew. Come on. He might have been being raised in Pharaoh's house, but on the inside, he was a Hebrew. He might have been being taught taught the the sciences of Egypt, but on the inside, he knew that God was the creator of all things. He might have been being raised in Pharaoh's daughter, but he understood who his mother was. Amen. How many know that he was almost like he's living two lives? Amen. He's living the life of an Egyptian on one hand, but on the other hand, he's feeling the oppression of the Hebrew people. Come on. He's seeing it with his own eyes. He's feeling it. uh, No no doubt he would lay awake at night and he would ponder the the, the, the oppression and the bondage of his people. Amen. No doubt he would lay on the, the comfort of his own bed and feel guilty and sorrowful about what other people were going through. I want to tell you today uh, we have a dilemma in the church. We're living in the comfort uh, of Egypt. Come on. We're living in the comfort. We have everything that we could ever want. Everything that we could ever need as, as, as United States citizens. But we're seeing the oppression of the people of God all around the world. And there's a decision stirring in the hearts and lives of God's people. Which side am I going to be on? Which side am I going to stand for? Hey man, I believe uh, uh, that comfort, even though we enjoy the comfort of uh, the blessing of having everything that we need and everything that we want at our, at our fingertips. We can have it right now. If we want a meal, we either got it in the freezer, come on, or we make a trip down to the to the grocery store and get what we want for that meal. We have what we want. We have nice warm houses, comfortable beds, nice cars to drive, money to put fuel in the fuel tank. We are a blessed people. Somebody say we're blessed. Amen. But too many times in blessed people, we forget about why we're blessed. Amen. Too many times we forget uh, the sacrifices that were made to give us the freedoms that we enjoy. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. Amen. We lose our gratitude. Brother Smith brought to me a word this morning. It was gratitude. He said, this word has been on my spirit. Gratitude. And so when, I, when he said the word, 
I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy who sees things. I, I pictured it in my mind, the word. I could see the word. It's just the way I operate. I don't know. And, and when I saw the word, I saw a word within the word. And he said, gratitude will dictate your attitude. Right? Is that how you said it? You know the word attitude is ingratitude? People with gratitude and thankfulness for what they have, they, they have an excellent spirit. Amen. They're not looking at what's going wrong. They're looking at what they're blessed with. Come on. They're not looking at the negative side. They're looking at the positive side. And when we forget where we come from or the blessings that we have and we enjoy every day, we have a bad attitude about going to work and a bad attitude about coming to church and a bad attitude about getting up and, and having what we have. No doubt about it. We don't really realize what we have. And the only way we're really going to appreciate it is when we lose it. Come on, somebody. You know, people who, in, who really appreciate what they have, they exercise their right to enjoy life. People who complain about this country and don't vote, I don't even listen to them. You know, because if, you're, if your attitude's so bad that you're not even willing to go vote, I don't want to hear a word you have to say about how bad our country is. Amen. Because we're, somebody say, well, it don't make any difference whether you vote or not. I don't care if it makes any difference. That's your right to vote. Amen. And people, we have fought for those rights. We have fought for the freedom to have that to, so that we can go in. I feel like I'm doing my patriotic duty when I step inside that voting booth and I vote for who's going to be president or mayor or governor or whoever our leader's going to be. But if you're not exercising your vote, your right to vote, you're not truly thankful for what you have. You're not thankful or, or you don't have a spirit of gratitude about what you've been given. You're attitude is bad. Somebody say amen. I say, well, this country's in, well, what's the point of voting? It's going down the tubes. Amen. We need rebuked. Amen. We need to understand that God is in control. Amen. That I can, I serve a God that can do all things. Amen. I serve a God that's got his hand upon his people. I serve a God whose word still prevails. And I have a prophetic word over my life. That means I'm going to prevail. Amen. That means I'm going to win. I'm going forward with God, regardless of what happens with the kings and kingdoms of this world. God's kingdom will win. Amen. How many appreciate your right to, to worship? Your freedom. How many know that's a freedom? That's a freedom that we have to worship. Amen. But if the, if the air conditioner is not working, we'll stay home or we'll leave. Because it's too hot in the church. Come on, somebody. Amen. We need to be thankful for what God has given us. Thankful for blessing. Thankful for health. Thankful for my job. Thankful for my money. Come on. Thankful for my home. Thankful for my family. Thankful for the health of my body. Thankful for the health of the church. Thankful for spiritual authority. Come on. Thankful for God who has his hand upon our lives. 
Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. That wasn't in my notes, so that was free. Amen. Moses was living a double life. He had a decision to make. Amen. He was, he was being tore up on the inside. And uh, later on in the story, you see that, that Moses, he got upset about uh, one of the Egyptian guards. They were beating on one of the Hebrew people. And, and, and he got upset and mad because uh, they were being mistreated. And it, when, when he saw them hurting, he hurt on the inside. Uh, when you start feeling compassion for somebody, you know that uh, the, the hand of God is upon you. The burden of the Lord is upon you. Come on. And when they hurt you, hurt. Amen. He started feeling what, what they were feeling and it hurt to feel what he was feeling. And so he did his due diligence to try to protect that Hebrew slave and he slew the Egyptian soldier. Man. Made a choice. Wow. He didn't just beat him down. Zach, he he ended him. And then he tried to bury him, cover it up. The Hebrews were scared of him. The Egyptians were scared of him. Amen, because they don't know what side he's on. The Hebrews are like, man, are we next? Right? He steps up to try to uh, talk to him. No way, man, get away from me. You're an Egyptian, right? And the Egyptians are like, hold on a minute. Whose side are you on? I thought you were an Egyptian. Amen. Now he's he, he's stuck in the middle. He's he's in a place where he has no home. Right. He, uh, you're either Egyptian or you're Hebrew. You've got to make a choice. So instead of making a choice, he runs. <laughs> you know, it's easier just to run. It's easier to run from your problems. It's easier to run from your struggles. Come on, it's easy. It's easier to do that. It's easier not to have to face the music. Amen. It's, it's easier not to, 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 to act like everything's okay when it's not. Come on. It's easier to pretend that you're okay when you're really not. Come on. It's easier just to, to, to lie about it and pretend that everything's good when everything's not. Yeah, in essence, you're running from the truth. You're running from the struggle. You're running from the problem. The very thing that you need to f- confront or face, you're running from it. Amen. And Moses ran from the decision. Amen. He ran from it. How many know that there are people running from their responsibility. Man, our, our, our society is plagued with people that are running from their responsibilities. Fathers running from their responsibilities. Mothers running from their responsibilities. Come on, governors and presidents running from their responsibilities. Amen. How many know being in authority or being responsible for, for something is a burden? Amen. You're not just responsible for your own life. You're responsible for the other people around you. Amen. And I take that serious. I take it serious that I have five children and a wife. Amen. That I'm going to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And every time the church doors are open, my kids are going to be in church. They're going to hear the gospel preached. They're going to sit under the influence of the Holy Ghost. That's my responsibility, although not for much longer. Amen. They're growing up. He ran. Amen. 
You know people that, that take drugs to try to escape? You know that's what drugs are. They're an, they're an escape. They're, 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 a, they're, they're a place, a painless in the moment. They're a painless place. But how many know health is not painless? Life is not painless. Amen. Uh, if you're using drugs for an escape to escape the reality of your life, you're running from the, uh, instead of confronting the, the, the problem, you're running from the problem and trying to hide from the thing that you need to confront in your life. Somebody say amen. God, I pray for the courage. I pray you would give your people the courage to confront the struggle. In the name of Jesus. Moses. He left and he went into a, a desert place. He went into a different part of the country. He, he, he lost himself in people that didn't know him. <laughs> he lost himself in people that didn't know who he was. He, 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 he went to a... It's, I remember when I, when I first come to the Anchor Church, I, I, I told Pastor Bounds, I said, I, I just want to disappear. I just want to uh, sit. I, I just want to disappear in the church. I just want to be a part of the kingdom of God in the church. I, uh, I, I just want to be here. I just want to be part of God's church. I just want to disappear. Amen. He said, okay. Right? Amen. Sometimes it, uh, th that's our desire is to just hide. Moses was hiding from. Somebody say he was hiding. He went, he went and be, he, he began to build a life in that other place. Amen. I call it the backside of the desert. Because that's what the Bible says. That's where he was at. That's where he took the sheep. The backside of the desert. How far away from civilization do you have to be to be the backside of the desert? Not the front side of the desert. Right? He's specific to say the back side of the desert. Amen. As far away from where he's supposed to be as he can get. He got married on the back side of the desert. Come on, somebody. He married into a family that her daddy was the priest of Midian. Yeah. Yeah, read about the Midianites, right? What did Moses marry into? Come on, amen. He got, when you get married on the backside of the desert, you marry into things that you don't even know exist. Come on, somebody. When you marry in, he, he created a life on the backside of the desert, working for his father-in-law, having children on the backside of the desert, living on the backside of the desert. Somebody say amen. His whole existence became the backside of the desert. That's where he was existing for 40 years. Somebody say, that's a long time. I'm 46. Wow. 40 years he was on the backside of the desert. Raised to be a king's kid. 
Come on. Raised to be in the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on. Raised with the call of God upon his life. Raised with mommy preaching in his ear at nighttime before he goes to bed. Telling him the story about Jacob laying on the rock. And how he saw the ladder that went up to heaven. Come on, somebody. How many knows that those stories were passed down from generation to generation? This thing was not dreamed up. This thing was birthed through a relationship with God, with Abraham. And it was Moses his responsibility to fall in line but he's hiding on the backside of the desert amen somebody say live in life on the backside of the desert somebody ought to write a song like that amen that's a catchy that's a catchy phrase live in life on the backside of the desert Amen. Free from the burden. Out of sight from the things that you were raised with. Come on. Out of sight of the things that, uh, who you were raised to be. Out of, out of touch with all of it. Amen. Uh, how many know what I'm talking about? You, uh, how many ran from the call of God? Amen. How many, uh, is there anybody, if you're watching by way of, of live stream and you're running from the call of God, you might run to the backside of the desert where nobody knows you on this earth. They might not know your first and last name. They might not know where you came from. But there's a God in heaven that knows exactly where you're at and exactly where to find you. You might go to the highest mountain, but he's there. Or the lowest valley, but he is there. No matter where you run to or where you try to hide, when the purpose of God is upon your life, he is going to find you. In due season, he will step out and you will have an encounter with Almighty God. Somebody say amen. Trying to forget about it. Trying to forget about the struggle. Trying to, uh, trying to forget about the, the weight. Trying to forget about the burden. Trying to forget about the mistake. Come on. Trying to forget about the lifestyle. Trying to forget about killing the Egyptian soldier on the run for his life. Trying to forget about the pain and the suffering that's going on in Egypt for his people. Come on. Not just, he, he, he didn't just run out on God. He ran out on his mom and his, his, his dad and, and his brothers and sisters. Come on, somebody. He ran out on everybody that existed, that their existence was in Egypt and they were being hurt by the bondage of the Egyptians, he just left and said, see you later. What a guy. You know, the guy, the people that have the, the power to change things usually run the fastest. <laughs> Amen. They run the farthest. Amen. When the hand of God is upon your life. Amen. No matter where you go or where you try to run to or what you try to marry into or what job you try to find or what education you try to get or whatever it is you try to do to replace the burden that God has already placed on you. No matter how far you run, God still sees it because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance and he's still calling your name regardless of whether you're listening, regardless of whether you feel like you're in touch with what's going on. He is still calling your name. Somebody say amen. Moses is out with the flock. Leading them out into pastures. And 
watching over the flock on the backside of the desert. Is there even any food on the backside of the desert for flocks? <laughs> Must have been a little bit. Amen. All of a sudden, he sees something. It looks like a fire. So he, he gets a little closer. It gets his attention. Catches his eye. Pulls him a little closer. He's like, he says within himself, I got to check this out to see why this thing looks to be on fire, but it's not being burned. There's no effect. It's not... It's not, it's not destroying the bush that it's burning. <laughs> so he turns in to see and to look at this bush. And sure enough, it's on fire. You know, God knows how to get our attention. It was something that was... Not normal. It was, a, it was a peculiar sight. It was something that was taking place that doesn't normally take place. Amen. It was, it, it, was, it was sent by God. Amen. To try to get the attention of the one that he's wanting to call. Come on, somebody. Sometimes when God's trying to get your attention, he'll do things that people have never seen before. I remember my brother Andy, we were traveling to Florida one year, and, and we're going on vacation, and he's driving a Ford Escort, and we're flying down the road, and I'm following behind, and we're going about 70 mile an hour through North Carolina, and all of a sudden I hear, boom, and I just see sparks, and they go from the left lane, four lanes, all the way over to the right lane, and, and we get out, and he's like, oh, my foot, my foot. He's driving. How's his foot hurt? Right? And so I start praying in the name of Jesus, start praying over him. Well, here he had run over a leaf spring. And it came up through the middle, through the floorboards. And was lodged between the road and the floorboard and dragging along the road. But it hit him right in the arch of the foot. right here, And his foot immediately looked like a softball in the arch of his foot. I crawled under there and pulled that leaf spring out. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You want to talk about a burning bush. So we go to the emergency room and sit there for four hours. Yeah, emergency rooms are slow in North Carolina too. <laughs> the state patrol shows up there to write up a report. Because it happened on their state highway. And we're explaining to him what happened. And he's like. You've got to be kidding me. And I said. Uh, no. Th this, is, this is what happened. He's like man. He's like in 40 years. He said I'm getting ready to retire next week. And in 40 years. I have never seen anything like this before. And he turned around and looked at my brother. And he said, I don't know if you're a Christian or not a Christian. 
But when something happens like this that nobody can, can explain and nobody's ever seen it before, somebody's trying to get your attention. He said, you better listen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And, this, and I said, preach. <laughs> Amen. I start jumping up and down. Amen. Go ahead, state patrol. Come on. Preach the gospel. Come on, preach it to him. He needs somebody else to tell him that the hand of God is upon his life. And when something like this happens, you better take notice that the hand of God is upon your life and understand God is trying to speak to you. It might not always look like a burning bush. But it will be astounding a lot of times. Amen. He turns in and all of a sudden he hears the voice of God. Moses. Moses. He says, here I am. He calls him by name. Somebody say he called him by name. Amen. He, he called him out of the midst of the burning bush. Amen. He, 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 he got his attention and began to call to him out of the midst of a burning bush. I want to tell you this morning, and this is what I felt in, in prayer this morning as I was praying over this message and where to go with it and, and what to say. Amen. I just felt like the Lord was saying in my spirit that any time that he calls someone, it's his intention to change the trajectory of their life. Amen. What is, what is the trajectory of a thing? I began to think about it after, after the Lord spoke it to me in prayer. It's the path that it's on. Right? It's, it's the way that it's heading. Amen. It's, it's heading in one direction. Amen. Let's say uh, if somebody shoots a bullet, it's going to continue in that direction until something changes its trajectory or stops its trajectory altogether. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so let's say I remember one time I was I was we were playing BB gun wars. Me and my brothers, we used to sometimes play. BB gun wars there around the house in, in Cambridge. We, there's a little set of woods down. I know. I know. We had these little pistols. And we, we'd shoot each other with BBs. If my, my kids don't get any ideas. And, and so... I'm hiding behind the tree and I'm trying to shoot my brother Andy. And I sneak up on him. You know, he don't know I'm there. I'm like, oh. Wait till I get that opportune shot and try to get him. Well, right when I got ready to shoot, he moved. And I shot and I hit a tree right in front of me and it came back and hit me right square in the face. You're you just want to talk about digging a hole. <laughs> yeah. 
digging a pit for somebody else that you're going to fall into. Amen. That'll preach one. But the bullet was traveling till it hit something that was solid and it deflected or ricocheted off of the tree and went a totally different direction. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, there are people under the sound of my voice and people that we're going to encounter. They're living on the backside of the desert. They're living in, in, in lives that they have built in an, in an area where they're trying to run from responsibility or run from their past or run from the hurt or run from the pain or whatever it is. And God is calling to people on the backside of the desert. And he sent me here to let you know that when you have an encounter with a God that's willing to pull you out where you're at. His intention is not to leave you on the same path that you're walking, but to change the trajectory of your life and send you right back where you came from with a word from the Lord. Amen. Moses wasn't pulled out of the backside of the desert just for no reason at all, but there was purpose. There was eternal purpose that God had for his life. He didn't speak out of the midst of a burning bush for no reason at all, but it was, it was purposed in the eternal word of God that he would go right back where he came from with a word of deliverance. With a word of deliverance. You see, I tried to run from my pain, but God sent me a word to let you know he's going to use me to, to ease your pain. He's going to use me to fight with the spirit of this age to pull you out of the pain that I was in. Come on, somebody. I ran from Egypt. I tried to find a life outside of Egypt, but God found me on the backside of the desert, put a burden in my heart, an anointing on my head, and said, it's time. Time to preach the gospel. Amen. He's just going about his life. He's just living his life, doing what he wanted to do, going where he wanted to go. He having a family, having a job on the backside of the desert. But God knew where he was at, and God changed the very trajectory of his life, pulled him out of the desert, and put him in a ministry, an eternal ministry, in the purpose of God. Man. Moses was heading one way. One encounter with the voice of God. One encounter with the presence of Almighty God. In one moment, one conversation with the Lord. Forty years of running. Moses became the deliverer that the Hebrews were praying for. You know, there are people praying for deliverance. There are. There are people praying for deliverance. Praying for a way out. Come on, praying for the chains to be broken. Come on, praying for, 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 for this bondage to go away. 
The Lord began to speak to Moses and let him know about the cries of the, the Hebrews that have come up to his ears that he had heard in heaven. Come on, how many know he hears the cries of the hurting? Come on, he hears the, the, the cries of the wounded. He hears the cries of the addicted. He hears the cries of those that, that are downtrodden and those that are wearing chains, those that are in hard and vigorous bondage. He hears their cries. And when he hears the cries of a people, he he calls a man or a woman. Come on. He calls somebody out of the midst of their desert to bring a word of deliverance. I'm going to tell you today, God didn't just call us just to give us heaven. God called us so that we can bring some people with them, with us. God called us so that we can go into places and preach the gospel. Stand with me all around the building. It wasn't just another day on the backside of the desert. Amen. It wasn't just another work day. Amen. It wasn't just another church service. Come on. It wasn't just another moment in time where he's trying to kill time. Killing time to, to get away from the pain trying to entertain the mind to keep it out of the thoughts of where he'd come from, the thoughts of what he'd been raised in, and the thoughts of what he'd been taught. But I want to tell you today, when the purpose of God is upon your life, he won't let you go. He won't leave you alone. And I want to tell you today that God's purposes and God's will will prevail in your life. If you'll let it. Matt preached it on Thursday night. They were called out. But they had to make a decision. They had to make a decision to go. You know, Moses, he could have walked away from that experience with God and lived the rest of his days out on the backside of the desert, absent from the burden. Come on, absent from the sacrifice. Absent from the voice of God. Absent from the reminder of his past. But he would have been absent from eternal inheritance. When God calls you out, there's more that comes with it than just a job. Amen. There's a place, there's a seat in heaven. That's prepared for us. How many know that by faith Moses. When he was come to years. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I don't have time to preach all that. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. 
than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And he understood that choosing God is choosing more. It's not a lesser life living for God. It's a greater life. Amen. Egypt had all the riches that the world would desire. But when Moses held out the scales and began to weigh the call of God in his life to what he could have in Egypt, he's like, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. But we, like everybody else, all these people in the Hall of Fame of Faith, we have a choice. Amen. It was God's plan to change the trajectory of Moses' existence and to point him in the direction that he was always purposed to go. I want to talk to you this morning. There's somebody that I'm preaching to in this house. You can't continue down the path that you're on and get to the plan and the purpose of God. Come on, somebody. Because when you come into contact with something that is stable and something that is solid, it will impact your world. And He will push you to the direction that you need to go. God's calling to you this morning. I felt the call of God so strong in the prayer room, pulling on us, desiring for us to come to Him, desiring to change our world, to change our lives. It's in your hands today. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands all around the building today? Thank the Lord for the Word of the Lord. God, we're thankful for your Word. Lord, we're thankful, God, for your promise. We're thankful for your eternal plan. God, I want to be a part of all that you're doing in the earth. I want to do my part, God. I want to be, I want to be in the center of your perfect will, God, doing what you have created me to do. God, I want to walk the path that you have created for me to walk, Lord, that you have destined for me to walk. I pray, God, that you would place the burdens upon me, Lord. God, that I need to feel in order to do what I need to do and pray like I need to pray and see what I need to see, Lord. I'm not going to be one of the number that run from the responsibility, God, of the crowd, the responsibility of ministry, but I'm going to turn towards you. And I'm going to shoulder the, the, the anointing that you've laid aside and I'm going to do what you have called me to do. Is there anybody this morning that that is your prayer? It's God's desire to change the trajectory of your life. Oh. Moses ended up at the mountain of God. I don't even think he knew where he was at. 
Maybe he did. Maybe he understood. I don't know. I don't think he did. I think that God is just so far ahead of us. That we'll stumble into places. <laughs> and he's there before we are. You may have stumbled into this church today just wandering in the backside of the desert and you didn't know you was going to have an encounter with God. If that's your case, today's the day. Today's the day that you respond to the call of God in your life and you say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. In the name of Jesus, I open these altars right now. If you want to be in the center of God's will, why don't you run down here and pray for a little while. Try to get your heart centered. Try to get your eyes focused upon the King and upon the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want your will for my life. God, I've been running from it. If, you're, if you've been running from it, it's time to stop running and confront the burden and confront what God is trying to do in your life. It's not just about you. It's about all those other people in Egypt. Moses, it's not just about you. It's about all those other souls that are in anguish. It's not just about you. It's about what he can put in you to help all those other people. In the name of Jesus, I'm yours, God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.